Uh, Captain's log, Sardate 20 or whatever. Uh, these are the continued voyages of Ensigns Mark and Eddie as we trek our way through all of Star Trek, uh, coming to you live from 10 forward. Uh, I'm Eddie Edwards. Uh, I'm joined as always by Mark O'Neill. Mark, how, how you been? How you doing? Uh, yeah. Don't, don't really have much to, to add. I actually haven't really been up to much. This is this is the it's been a it's been a few weeks since we've been hanging out in Ten Forward, and uh, I haven't really done anything. Nor has anything really occurred. Um, we kind of just spent a couple of adventures going to planets without any aliens on them. Just going, those plants are nice, isn't it? Yeah, look at that. Isn't it fun that that looks? See, it was quite good because like it's like when we went to a planet. Um, where it was exactly like Earth, except the proportions of uh, palm trees and cactuses were reversed. So <laughs> palm trees were sort of about five feet tall for the most part. Cactuses were giant. <laughs> and we were there for a month. And that's a kind of important hard-hitting science that the Starfleet flagship apparently <laughs> should be doing. Well, I mean, people forget that like the average year of Starfleet operations on board uh, any of the ships in the fleet only actually produces 22 45-minute bits of footage that are entertaining. <laughs> the rest of the year is just usually mindless busy work. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> I it's a bit like um it, but but then I, I also I, I get why you know it's I get why the exciting stuff only happens every now and again. Um, it's a bit like on the X Files when one of one of the criticisms of the X Files is that we get what Scully you've done nine seasons of this and you still don't <laughs> believe that that Mulder's that this that Mulder is correct. It's like yeah, but I look at it from the other way. The ex, if we were the, like, we don't get to see the cases where it doesn't turn out to be paranormal, which, as far as we're aware, is ninety percent of the time. So yeah. Mulder is actually wrong far more than he is correct. And Scully, yeah. being a good, solid FBI agent, understands that and maintains that consistency. The one of my favorite episodes of the X Files is there's an episode where um, they are talking about it's a basically it's a town full of vampires but the episode is told from both Mulder and Scully's perspective and um, Mulder like it starts with them being like it starts with Mulder explaining things and he's talking about how he was like hunting someone through the woods and he like stake, shoved the stake through the vampire's heart and then Scully's version of it is she's just in the woods and then she comes across Mulder murdering a man with a wooden stick <laughs> <laughs> And she phrases it like, I wandered into the clearing and I found, it goes, I came into the clearing and I found uh, Agent Mulder overreacting. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I I, uh, I haven't done it. It was Mother's Day yesterday. So how, how have you been? Um, I mean, yeah, I've had the most Star Trek thing that's ever going to happen to me happen with the, the brain tumor treatment because that was sci-fi as fuck i tell you what like so um you go into the room and there's this robot arm that moves around you and like points the the radiation at you and that's like mostly fine right up until the point it's like directly so where my because my tumor's in the inner ear there was a point where it's like directly above me pointing at my eye right now 
I don't know if the human eye is more susceptible to radiation than any other part of the body, but my brain yes. categorises my eye as like fragile and needing of protection. <laughs> so I was immediately like, oh no. But then also, the other thing that freaked me out about it is that as the arm's moving around, there's like no safety like there's no like safety railing that keeps the arm away so i'm like oh, so it's like the warp going... drive <laughs> yeah exactly it's, it's it's like the warp drive on any everything in star wars no fucking <laughs> railings so there's this arm flailing around and all i could think was if that arm just comes down and crushes me i'm like locked in and i can't move so there's nothing i can do there's no one in the room because there's a, it's like, oh, the beam's harmless. Anyway, we're going to go activate it from three rooms away behind a lead shield. Uh- <laughs> I, my favourite thing at, at the dentist, um, and it's a, it's a long list, is uh, when, they, when, they, when they do an x-ray um, and they put that horrible oh, thing God, in your mouth that, that, that holds the x-ray paper. And then they, they really like sheepishly scuttle away behind another door to press the button. And every single dentist does it in exactly the same way. <laughs> They're like, sorry, sorry, sorry. And any kind of... It's like, you know that like that dad run where you're running but you're not going any faster? <laughs> they sort of do that out the door. It's, and I guess it's so that you can think, my God, can, I, can, can you please go a little bit faster so that I can have one less second with this apparatus inside of my mouth? But then they're like, well, I don't want to go any faster because well, I get paid the same for this anyway. I, I don't really care. Like, if this guy if this guy had taken better care of his teeth, then he fucking wouldn't be here, would he? It's, it's, every time I go to the dentist, it, it really is like a catch-22 sort of, like, like match of wills. Um, from the dentist being objectively correct about the way that I treat my teeth um, and me just being stubborn and not wanting to change the way that I live my life. And uh, something's got to give. And it's yeah. it's usually me. And and by give, I mean £80 pounds for a checkup. <laughs> Every conversation I've had with a dentist at some point includes this, do you floss? Um, no. I mean, you should do. I'm not going <laughs> to. Like, well, you should do. It's like, well, you can say that, but unless you're going to be in my bathroom every night, you're yeah. not going to be able to make me. So let's just accept that I'm not going to do the thing that makes my gums bleed. Well, your gums shouldn't be bleeding. Well, that's another issue that you need to fix. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but the thing is, it's, it's kind of weird, isn't it? Because I would, I, it's as if I have less respect for dentists, and I think that I do, um, because, <laughs> well, they are technically real doctors. That's fine, right? But dentists, there isn't, there isn't a single dentist in the world that gets into it for the love of dentistry. No, they get into it because it's a fucking easy job. It's nine to five. It's they literally have a guaranteed post, and it's decent money. And if they slum it out in the NHS for a couple of years, they can go off to Abu Dhabi and make way more cash, right? So uh, there isn't a single dentist that becomes a dentist to help people. Um, what was my point? It was about how I have don't have any respect for dentists. <laughs> my thing with dentists is they thing. are te- they are technically doctors, but. Yeah. If you are a medical doctor, right, you have to be able to answer that question honestly if you're on a plane and somebody asks is there a doctor on board. <laughs> no yeah. one is going to be happy with you if you go, oh, I'm a doctor. And they go, oh, brilliant. Uh, this guy's having a heart attack. And you go, well, I'm, I'm a dentist. <laughs> no one's going to be like, oh, thank God. Can you do an emergency root canal? <laughs> yes. Yeah. People would be like, oh, my God, we'd literally be better with a fucking psychiatrist. Um <laughs> 
Oh, I just remember my point about that. Oh, yeah, so that's it. So, yeah, there's that thing. You should floss, right? Everyone should be flossing every day. Every now and again, a study will come out that says that flossing isn't as important as you think it is, and then two weeks later, that will have been proven wrong, right? Flossing is literally... In fact, from what I understand, it's actually more important to floss than it is to brush your teeth. And yet, I still don't do it. And I think a lot of that comes down to dentist attitudes. Um, If I went to a real doctor, a proper doctor, and they said, listen... um, there's a thing that you need to do every day that's uncomfortable. Right, you need to stick a finger up your bum. But and I'm like, ooh, and they're like, yeah, but not in a not in a fun way. I'm like, oh, okay. Um, like uh, you need to grow your fingernail out really, really long first. Right, that's the that's the secret to this medicine. And and I'll, I'd be like, ah, oh, that sounds awful. And you mean I really have to do that every morning when I wake up and before I go to bed? I, I mean. I guess so, and then sometimes, you know, if I do forget to do it, I could do it after dinner just while I'm sitting in the living room, like, it actually doesn't take any more time, I can do it while I'm doing other things, it's just that I have to do it, and then it's something, it makes my fingers hurt, and then there's always, and then my fingers always smell afterwards, see, that's the equivalent of flossing, is putting (laughs) a, a finger up your bum, right, and I'd be willing to do that far more than I'd be willing to floss, because frankly, dentists can fuck himself. Like, my teeth, my teeth obviously are very important to me, and I need them, and I would be lost without them. How and ever, they are the body part I am most willing to sacrifice (laughs) for my own comfort and laziness. There's there's two things. One, my teeth are the only body part that I can buy more of. Right, yeah, exactly. Okay. okay, if my heart goes, I can't. Unless I go to some very fucking seedy places, I can't do anything about that. Yeah, that's fine. But the other thing is, like you say, my teeth are important. But but dentists want you to care about teeth as much as they care about teeth, and I'm not going to because I'm not a dentist. I haven't devoted my life to teeth because no one should. And if you do that, you're I was going to say, if you do that, you're a boring bastard. But and I will make the the caveat: there is one dentist who I respect, and that is um, uh, Doctor Britt Baker, DMD, who is uh, a who is is a real life dentist with an actual practice and the former AEW Women's Champion. Um, oh. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I'll give you that. That's it. But and I respect her more for the wrestling than the dentistry. So if you want me to take you seriously as a dentist, I need to see you do a top rope Hurricane Rana. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, and also dentists, I don't think care that much about teeth. They care about the latest conservatory, and they have to, I believe, keep up a standard of dentistry in in order to to, to maintain the oh, yeah. job. Because yeah. what, what 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 do you think a dentist mystery shopper is like? <laughs> um, <laughs> do they get someone that comes in and they've just got strips of duct tape over their I've- teeth? To make sure that the I've, dentist will actually even look at them. Uh, I've got my so my on my dent. I've got uh, private dental insurance because um, uh, Emma gets it through work and she put me down as the second person. And so me needing to get a filling turned into me needing to get two fillings, which then turned into me having um, a dressing put in and now an extra appointment because the level of booper cover I'm on just basically made the dentist go <laughs> top. <laughs> <laughs> He's, I, I'm certain I saw the middle of his eyes turn into pound signs. Yeah. Uh, and then realising the state of the pound, the euro. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Q- 
quite a common thing for Brits to do, I hear, is to go for like two weeks in Bulgaria um, and get all their teeth done because it's dental work is so much cheaper there. And Laura and I planned to do that when we had a little bit of cash, but now the war in Ukraine is really, really, really putting a damper on that. And <laughs> I like if anyone can get a hold of of, of, of Putin, if they if you can tell him how inconvenient <laughs> this bloodshed is for my the, fiance and I, the real victim. The real victims, exactly. Oh, should we we talk about this episode of Star Trek? Should we we talk about this week's happenings on the Enterprise? Uh, Yeah, speaking of dodgy medical practitioners. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I I like this episode. I thought it was it was it was fun. Yeah. If 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 not for the fact that it was entirely built again on a complete misunderstanding of what the Prime Directive is. It's not just a rule mark, it's a philosophy. A philosophy that Picard 100% agrees with, despite the fact that he clearly doesn't understand what it is. <laughs> ah, right. So, you know, don't want to go... Tra- I, I, I feel like it, it, we are actually... We have we have been a bit wrong about the Prime Directive. Have we? I thought it was just you don't interfere if they haven't got warp drive. No. Um, if they have... Uh, right, so I, I had to because apparently the um, the prime directive of the uh, space navy is a little bit more complicated than we might have suspected. Um, right, okay. Who would have thunk? So <laughs> basically, it's blanket non-interference for for anyone who isn't in the Federation. Right, if they okay. have warp drive. If they have warp capability, you can offer them to come into the Federation, but you can't actually really interfere with them on any level if they're not. Okay. Obviously, it all comes down to what does the writer have to say about it. But <laughs> right, okay. um, yeah, so so if they have if they are spacefaring, also they can ask for help, but you're not really allowed to give them help without them asking for it. Okay. Which is kind of it's basically it's basically like American foreign policy. Um, right. It's the best way to think of it is that. So so yeah so 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 apparently Picard is correctly using the Prime Directive here. The main part of it is non-interference with non-warp drive, non okay. non-warp societies. But with warp societies, there are parts of it that. So he he was he was right. This okay. re- this was a real Kobayashi Maru situation for him. <laughs> Uh, Mark, sorry, I don't know what you mean by that. Would you like to explain it further? Uh, <laughs> get me, get me a bottle of vodka. <laughs> Sit down. <laughs> so, um, I, 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 I did like this episode as well, but I, I feel like it, it was interesting because it was an episode sponsored by uh, Dare from the nineties, the Just Say No Drugs <laughs> campaign. It's it's also an episode that, that was written by somebody who's like Mark. What's your favourite bit of Star Starfleet technology? Like in, from Star Trek, is it is it the warp core, the transporter, the replicator? What's what's your favourite? Oh man, um, I oh, uh, <laughs> I do like the relaxation light. The relaxation light, um, but but the relaxation light, and then followed twenty minutes later by copious amounts of replicator use. To make yeah, chips, uh, chips and dip. 
I agree with you there. I like the holodeck myself. But whoever whoever is responsible for this episode's favourite bit of um, Star Trek technology is apparently the fucking view screen, which took a starring <laughs> role in this episode. Um, <laughs> do you know what I really liked before you get into that? I really, really, really like the opening of this. Uh, where oh, yeah. It, it almost opened like a movie. It was just the Picard doing the like all points bulletin or the old call yeah. out to the entire crew and then just 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 shots of of people just at work yeah right. it was like it was the proper procedural stuff of like this is there is a there, what is it there's a star it's got a, a, an overly in, uh, act, active magnetosphere yeah. they want to go check it out so they turn up and it's like all the procedures of how did Starfleet go and monitor Star and one of the things they do is put a black spot on the screen and then move it across <laughs> so it covers the middle of the star so they can look at it yeah. rather than the, you know putting a shade over the screen which again isn't a screen because it can't possibly be a screen it's not a, it's not a window it's a camera like they can t- <laughs> unless that unless that screen has been deliberately built to have the intensity of a star for no reason other than to blind everybody on the bridge. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I do kind of get it because I uh, I just bought a 4K monitor uh, to go along with my uh, 1K, like 2K monitor, and uh, it's it, it's. It, I think Laura has noticed me because occasionally she'll walk by the office door and she'll see me literally six inches away from my screen, sort of looking at. Looking at it like like up and down and really inspecting it, and then, and then yesterday I went, "Wow, you really can't see the individual pixels." <laughs> <laughs> Just to myself, <laughs> and I, and I'm looking at the Google Chrome uh, icon, and I'm like, "Wow, it's like really round." <laughs> oh, speaking of fucking stoners. <laughs> So, uh, we come across a ship, a freighter. Yeah, I'm giving this ship design a 6 out of 10, I've decided. Very aliens. Oh, yeah. Right, so so we'll have a list. We're going to start having a list of ship designs. Yeah, this is near the bottom. Um, (laughs) Yeah, it's got that aliens look where it's like, it looks like it's cobbled together from an airfix kit. Yeah. Uh, I I like that, but it's got no place in Star Trek. No. I, I like that they, uh, they called in and the captain was Matthew McConaughey's character from Dazed and Confused. Yeah, but played by the actor, we've got to mention it, it's played by the actor who played Kirk's son in uh, Rafa Khan. Yeah. <laughs> now, do you know why? Um, uh, I, is, he a, is he a friend of Roddenberry's? No. So, basically, he was dying of AIDS and... He, uh, I don't know why. I don't know why I said that in such a comedy way. Obviously, it is a tragedy. I don't. I don't oh, feel no, like it's the funniest disease. I don't. I don't feel like we need to. Uh, don't feel like we need. We need to underline that. Obviously, AIDS is AIDS is bad, right? If this podcast has a stance on AIDS, it's We're against. It's it. against, right? We are against. Uh, but AIDS. yeah, no, he was. Wouldn't, he was have it pretty seriously. If, if could avoid it. Dying of AIDS, and he had medical bills, and oh, right. he knew some people in the Star Trek crew, and they said, "We'll write you this part if you want to, yeah. if you want to come and do it." It's like, and fortunately, there's a lot of crossover in the Venn diagram of junkie and AIDS patient, so it works quite well. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So, so they, they call him up, and 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 he's obviously he sounds like a big stoner. Yeah, which I really enjoyed, and Picard 
is not there for it. Like Picard is asking, what's it? he says? First of all, they hear he says my ship is broken. We think it's we don't know what it is. Data. This is a great data episode. Data scans it, figures out that the problem is with one of the coils. Picard tells him this. The other guy says, oh, "Okay, well, you know, it's I, I don't really know what to do. I don't really know the components of this ship." To which Picard yeah. is obviously standing there, going, "How can a captain not know the components of his ship? Did this guy not read Sun Tzu?" <laughs> I wouldn't. I'm going to throw this out there. Like, if I at any point end up with a starship, Mark, it's going to be stolen, um, yeah. and I'm not going to have spent the prerequisite time. There'll be someone on board who knows how it works. But like, Mel, Mel Reynolds from Firefly didn't have a fucking clue how that ship stayed in the air. He just knew that he had to keep Kaylee alive and to give her the occasional cheeseburger. Uh, yeah. and, that, and that was, and then things would work. Uh, <laughs> I I quite often work with uh, like editing programs and uh, video editing programs and sound editing programs and image editing and 3D rendering programs and stuff like that. And basically, I have fucked around with them long enough to figure out how to do exactly what I want to do and no more. I have no <laughs> idea how they work. I have no idea what most of the buttons do. Um, I don't know what subsurface scattering is, Daz 3D. I don't know why you continually ask me about it. I'm sure that it makes a difference. And one day, <laughs> if it ever becomes important, I will learn that. But I have no idea how that stuff works. And that, again, is how I pay my rent. Yeah. And that's... So, yeah, I was like... Um, they, uh, yeah, I've got no idea. And also, I'd like to point out that, that it, when he asks about it, they realise they need a coil. They don't be like, oh, we can knock a coil out on the replicators. They're like, oh, no, we have one in stores. Yeah, so Jensen Jensen gets yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay, I have an important question about this, Mark, because this is right. So this isn't uh, this isn't a warp capable ship that they've got. It's like it's only doing a little run between two planets that are relatively close. It's a planet and it's moon. I think they're relatively close to each other. Um, so they don't have a warp core, but they do have a transporter. Yeah, right. I'm going to put forward the argument that the transporter is significantly more difficult to make than a warp core. Because, <laughs> like, as a society, like, the current state of human scientific understanding is we understand the scientific process that would be required to make a warp core. It's basically you need to fuck with the Higgs boson, you can change, screw with the mass of something, that warp space time, and then you can, like, ride... Wait, we have no fucking clue how to make a transporter. No. <laughs> it's it's just not possible. Like, I don't... That's way harder to do. We, we don't even... Like, because the thing about it... A warp drive is a theoretically possible piece of science. Like, it's a thing that we can yeah. do. The problem with the transporter is that there would also be a philosophical debate about whether yeah. the one who left is that the same person who arrived at the other end. And, and a that's... philosophical debate that Star Trek will later answer, no, it's not. Every time you step into a transporter, you die. <laughs> the yeah. new person gets to carry on. And the weird thing is, the, the, it's, it's interesting that a planet full of stoners would have invented <laughs> transport technology and not warp, because surely, surely every single time that they get, they're about to transport, they're like, uh, am I the same guy? Look, has anyone here seen The Prestige? <laughs> 
I did like as well when Picard first hails them and he can't understand them because they're all talking at once. Um, and I'm like, I think that's because they don't think they're talking to another ship. They think they're at the drive through and they're all just <laughs> trying to order what they want. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it's, they are not, it's, they're not even a particularly good representation of, of stoners no. or whatever they're supposed to be. Um, uh, yeah, I feel we, we haven't we haven't addressed the actual plot of this episode. Oh yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we need to address the plot of this episode. Is there's two planets. One planet's only industry is making the cure for the um, disease that is ravishing the other planet, and it's basically you have to take this um, dose every day. Basically, you have to take a thing for it's every seventy two hours. Otherwise, the plague will kill you. Except those people on the other planet haven't got the plague, and it's just a dr- and they don't know that like they don't know that they haven't got a plague they think they have and they're being having drugs pushed on them yeah uh uh in my current state i I can't really keep up with names i've just written down this shiny sleeved cunt Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Um, the crack dealer the rich crack dealer yeah the rich crack dealer fucking space tory yeah exactly Um, and they beam them off the ship and well they there's like well there's they're trying to beam six they try to beam off the ship and they beam over the drugs first rather than the people. And then there's like six people on the ship and Tasha can only beam off four of them, which um, I've written down is 66.6%, which under the American grading system is a D. Uh, so, And under like, American well, foreign policy is an acceptable amount of collateral damage. Uh, the Americans in this episode, if you're wondering, are the people selling the drugs. Correct. <laughs> The people selling oh, the drugs are Will Smith. Yeah. <laughs> the oh, hum it, no, no. the people, <laughs> people selling the drugs are Space Martin Screlly. Uh, yes. They are. <laughs> yeah, that's the best way to stop this. Exactly. A bit, bit, the, bit, well, Ta- Tasha says, I can only transport, there's six of them, yeah. I, I can only transport four, but they try and transport them over. The, the, it, this is the first instance of two transporters being connected. Which I, yeah, I believe which is, makes it easier to transport. And the and first how we know they've got a transporter. Yeah. The first thing that arrives is a crate of cargo. And and the, rather than the people, which is not what, what the Enterprise asked for. And, and and Riker says, you know, why what, what could possibly be so important about this cargo? And the thing is, it's just a giant Taco Bell order. Um, <laughs> but the thing is, they were so stoned. But this is a quite genius. They thought, we'll send that first. Because if we go over first and then ask to be sent back for the Taco Bell order, they won't let us do it. It's, it's better, as as is the motto of Starfleet, Eddie, it is better to ask, to apologise than ask for permission. Um, that's that's the prime directive. That's what the prime directive should be. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, it's... Um... Well, there's there's one thing I do want to bring up. So they, they when they chat about this, right? Okay, there is a point where Picard asks, like when he's told that when at the opening bits of this episode where Picard thinks that it's a genuine plague, um, he asks the um, the guys from the plague planet um, how many more people are suffering, and they say that everyone on their planet's got it. Yeah, it's thousands more, and all I've got written down is that is a roomy fucking planet. Yeah. Uh, I would have thought that you need a, a population of somewhere in the billions to get space travel because we have one, and that's what we're, that's, what, that, that's where we're at. 
Uh, One thing I really didn't enjoy about this episode is that the uh, so the so the, the planets the I think the idea is it's two planets or like as you say a planet and its moon and it's yeah. one people who have sort of almost diverged yeah. evolutionarily but not that much they're obviously still the same species. Uh, the issue is that the names of the planets weren't distinct enough for me to ever figure out who the fuck they were talking about um, I the, I, out I, of I context the guys might have been called the Brachians because I've got written down in my notes here fuck the Brachians and it seems like yeah. that's something I would have but, all right, I, yeah, aimed at the Tories the <laughs> shiny cunts um, but it was it was just it's I, I, I can actually see I can see it in my notes I can see when the penny dropped uh, and it's when I wrote oh fuck is this an episode about the crack epidemic? <laughs> In which Tasha has to explain to Wesley why people would do drugs. And at no point does she use the phrase fun. Uh... <laughs> See, I originally, when when she started doing it, and even to an extent afterwards, I was like, yeah, for 1987, 88 telly, yeah. that's a pretty almost somewhat balanced view of drugs because that's 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 my issue with drug education um, especially the way that I got it in the 90s in primary school yeah. and in high school is that no one ever told me the truth why would anyone do drugs like or, <laughs> or if anyone ever asked why do people do drugs it's always oh well you know some people are sad and depressed and and, and homeless and maybe it's just the only thing that, that they can do or maybe they get addicted why the fuck didn't they just have like a 23 year old come in gunning off his tits and go around <laughs> hugging every 14 year old being like drugs are amazing like I... and, and then and no but here's, here's how you go and he walks around going drugs are amazing have you heard the new Westlife song like <laughs> you know and, and really isn't, isn't Pokemon doesn't it just say a lot about all of us and everybody's having a fucking banging time and and the teacher's like, all right, everybody, we're going out for playtime. Get the get the tunes on. Right, and then everyone goes out and then they all go home and they say to their mum and dad, Mum, Dad, we had drugs education today, and we learned that drugs are excellent. And then the mum and dad are, are sitting there and they're, they're at the kitchen table and they're drafting up their complaint letter. They go in the next day to see Mrs. Uh Robinson. And they they go to put the letter into her hand to say how disgusted they are that this is how their children have been taught about drugs. And then Mrs. Robinson, with a little a sly little smile on her face, a little glint, says, "Well, we actually have another guest today, and you know what? It's the same guy. It's the twenty three year old, <laughs> and, and he's on the biggest come down of his entire fucking life, and and he's just in the corner and he's just rocking back and forth." And and so he, and, and so the teacher Mrs. Robinson turns round to these I don't know what are they seven year olds and she's like so as you can see kids drugs are great but on balance every now and again uh, like <laughs> don't, once you hit I, your thirties aim for three times a year I re- I clearly have a clear <laughs> memory of being in um, God I was in sixth form so I. This is about 2001, and we were having like the like. It's like, are oh, you in sixth form now? We can have the grown-up proper conversation about drugs. Uh, and uh, this teacher was like, "Well, why why do you think people do drugs?" And I was like, "Well, like you lived through the 70s, yeah." So before before she asked that, did she turn her chair the other way round? 
yeah. <laughs> and it's like, I was like, you guys lived through the seventies, so we know that you did them. Uh, yeah. So, and and also like you, it's like like and that's at the point that I'm like sixteen. It's like everybody in this room's had a joint, yeah. and you told us that would kill us. And now all we know is that you lied to us about that, so we can only assume you lied about everything. What you should have done is sat us down and gone like, look, weed, it's probably okay for you, don't do smack. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that should have been, rather than don't just say no, it should have been just do weed, stick with weed. That's what it should have been. That's that's that should be the that should that should that should be the fucking slogan if that we give to high school kids. Do it, at, do it, Glastonbury. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Or if you can if you can find one of those tester people, get yeah. t- t- tell people to get into the habit of that. Oh no, we can't because the Tories have banned them. Uh, speaking of by the way, speaking of which, speaking of like the wrong person to talk to about drugs, Wesley when he's like realizes they explain that the drugs thing is going on to Wesley. Wesley decides to ask Data, the one non-biological entity who has no idea what any of this shit means, right? And then fortunately, Tasha Yar's nearby. She's going, actually, my childhood was shit. Drugs were great, <laughs> yeah, because they made it seem slightly better. I That's have done Wesley. so much ecstasy. <laughs> How do you? Why do you think I'm here? We don't even have a Starfleet Academy sign-up on our planet. I have no idea how I got here. Our I just planet, got high my, enough my, that I was found in orbit. My planet is pre-warp. No <laughs> one knows that I'm gone. <laughs> have you have you oh. ever been on a trip so good <laughs> that you woke up, up in a sci-fi adventure? Yeah, right now. Yeah, that's what it was like. So yeah, that that kind of speech, I I I at face value, I was like, well, I, I guess it is good that they are that are that they are approaching these things, but the I, I it's it all it's the same problem I have with every special episode about drugs, as you've yeah. said, no one points out if if we were to stop lying to children and point out the positives of actual drugs. I think drug education. I we need to start giving children more credit. Like we started making kids movies better. So yeah. why can't we start putting kids on drugs? That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I've I've just looked at my notes and I've got one line written down here that just says Wesley doesn't understand drugs. Fucking square. <laughs> <laughs> and do do they do the replicators make drugs? A better question is: surely they've got access to the fucking art, full archive of all human fucking media ever made, unless that gets wiped out in the post atomic horror. Like watch Cheech and fuck watch dude where's my car? Yeah. <laughs> and and also you can experiment however you want because remember that planet that we went to where the palm trees and the cactuses were reversed? Well oh, yeah. ma- marijuana was, was replaced with daffodils. <laughs> Everywhere, mate. Couldn't move for it. Star Trek Jensen long... Jensen has a literal <laughs> shipping container full of already pre ground weed. <laughs> and no one's taking advantage of it. I mean obviously Picard on his off days. Yeah, under the relaxation light. Yeah, that's... <laughs> that's it. That's what he calls it. He goes down and he says, Oi, uh, Jensen, have you got... I'm ready to turn on the relaxation light for, say, let's say, let's say an hour and a half. The problem is that this ship hasn't got enough decks, because we're in 10 forward. But really, if we were in 420 forward... Then... <laughs> <laughs> uh, right. <laughs> I, 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 okay, MVP of the episode, by the way. The natural enemy of the Tory, 
is a doctor who works in a socialised healthcare system. Doctor Beverly, Beverly is on fucking point when she like um, she has she has a line where she manages to fundamentally destroy the concept of capitalism with one sentence, where she says, "You'd see them die rather than give them the medicine." Like, yep. <laughs> yep. Yes, that's, that's capitalism. Well Bev, done, Bev. <laughs> Bev is Bev is on fire this week. Yeah. I'm I'm yes. super impressed, uh, and and I I have um, well my my promotion was for Tasha Yar because uh, for at least trying <laughs> trying to speak to Wesley about drugs rather than just saying go and see Jensen, um, demotion this week, yeah definitely Picard for the reason of being a dick. <laughs> okay, I'm trying to work out so we. Uh... I agree with that, but I'm just trying to do some maths here. So that we're told that the big tub of drugs that they've got has four billion doses in it, right? And uh, they need to take it every 72 hours. So that's um, enough to last one person 1.33 recurring billion days, right? Yeah. Um, and there's only like a thousand people, like a couple of thousand people in space. So let's say it's 5,000. Okay, um, that's enough drugs for this planet for two thousand six hundred, like two thousand six hundred and sixty days. No, thousand days. Um, that's that's enough. They don't need. <laughs> I mean, you're that's right. Ex- that, and that is a lot to lose. I am, I am starting to see the Tony's point on this one. <laughs> Yeah, it seems like you've put all of your drugs in one basket. That's not what you want. You want <laughs> your people coming back regularly. Um, you have to diversify. You have to build an audience for yourself. Yeah, yeah. You shouldn't. If once you've got everybody addicted on this one drug, which by the way, as well, doesn't seem to even have any like nice effects. It's just it's if I was it, a bit it, confused it, by that because obviously when they're on the ship when they're flying around they seem to be stoned. But we know that the point of the drug is just to give people take them off their their DTs, right? Their their, their withdrawal yeah. symptoms. So, yeah, what does it what does it do? Because because again, that kind of goes against Tasha's point is that yeah, eventually you will just be taking the drugs to feel normal. But we should like that we we should be showing that at least they get a little bit of hey. Because I'm sure that even the most ardent heroin addict is able to muster up. <laughs> Like at least a pathetic wank after doing it, isn't, isn't that what it's for? I mean, yeah. So, because like, so they say it was like it, there was a real plague, like a couple of hundred years ago, and like, so one planet literally only have one industry that's making this drug, and the other planet's kind of like not developed because they've been just using all of their resources to give them food and, and buy the drug off them. So at some point, it like cured that disease. And that got everyone hooked, and now it's just to fend off withdrawal. But yeah, I agree with you. If it, it should have done something, um, I, there's another, there's another, there's another crew member I want to put forward for special commendation, Ooh. and it's and it's and it's not, it's not. I want to be clear on this. It is not Commander Riker, but it is Jonathan Frakes. Okay, can I guess why? We... <laughs> yes, as it for has absolute Will Smith slap. Oscar winning being electrocuted performance yeah so what we haven't mentioned 
is that these aliens, both of them, have like the ability to like electrocute people. And at one point, one of them uh, grabs William Riker and like puts some electricity through his body, which causes him. It's amazing, Mark. It's yeah. It's... If, and, it, and if you're listening to this, if you're not following along the episodes with us, and you're like, "Oh my god, we just got to forty minutes, and they've only now brought up the fact that these people have electric powers," <laughs> we've literally just given more time to that concept than the entire episode does. Yeah, it, it, it was one... as, it was as if it, it was like a throwback from another earlier draft. Yeah, with the electric important, the electric powers were important. But the problem was they'd already filmed one of those scenes after they redrafted it, so they thought, well, we have to do this again. The only real discussion of it is in a sort of a cross between like a, a Quentin Tarantino and Aaron Sorkin style scene in which Tasha and Riker are walking down a corridor just discussing how electrical powers might work. And it just seems like the sort of conversation that you and I might have in a pub, Mark. Like, talking yeah. about how, like, uh, well, Shazam can't actually charge your phone because he'd have to get the current so exactly correct that he's more likely going to blow your phone up and he doesn't have that much control. But if you want to kill you, like, you know, it's that kind of conversation. It, it felt a bit like like someone walking down to the other person, yeah, electric powers. Yeah, those would be cool. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, but yeah, so but right, but yeah, Jonathan Frakes's shocked face acting is. I read into bed that he watched that back, and when I would probably do better as an actor if I grew something that covered most of my face. And uh, we we know for a fact that he did watch it back. Yeah, immediately the after the events, he watched that again. Yeah, so that's how he writes his reports. Yeah, pen in one hand cock in the other <laughs> yeah that's that's what he refers to as the captain's log <laughs> oh the um, uh the, the little the things that the that are in the the container the drugs it's yeah. just red lentils <laughs> is it yeah i looked it up <laughs> it's amazing <laughs> But, um, so yeah, the 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 big thing of this episode that I like is is, is that like, um, so Picard finds out that the uh, the Breckians uh, are, are like they're like they give the people enough drugs for them to like get straight enough that they can have like a proper conversation, and then they're like, oh, you know what? We'll give you these drugs. Well, not give you. You can have them because so they're arguing that they haven't received payment because the yeah. freighter blew up. And they're like, oh, we'll, we'll let you have them, but you can work out payment later, which is fucking such a Rishi fucking Sunak move. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, and it's and it's at that point, it's like, well, you're only doing that because if you wait, and this is where I get a bit confused. Like, nobody in the entire history of this planet has ever been like trapped in a cave. Yeah, and been, are like, they saying, gone out and been like, <laughs> are they trying to say that this planet doesn't have any suicidal people on it? Yeah, no one's gone, oh, I'm going to stop. It's an entire planet where your literal own, uh, only purpose that you exist for is to provide resources to uh, a powerful group of individuals who run everything. And we have that here, and people kill themselves all the time. <laughs> 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 but yeah, nobody's ever been in a situation where it's like, oh, I got, I got lost in the woods, like my plane crashed. 
like I got a, a yellow jacket situation, and it turns out after you get through the withdrawal, you're fine. Like, it, and this has been hundreds of years, so I can only assume that they've got like they've got two. The Breckians have got two industries. One is making drugs, and the other one is constantly monitoring this planet. And if anybody's ever like left on their own for five days, they just kill them. <laughs> <laughs> but then I guess there's also the thing. Because Beverly does bring this up, but we never actually see what the withdrawal symptoms really look like. Because yeah. it could be that after five days, they all turn into starfish. <laughs> and then on the 15th day, they turn back from starfish. And I don't know I don't know if you were here, Eddie, when we went to the planet of the starfish, but when there's an entire planet full of starfish, nothing gets done. So what you would need to do is you would need to have half of them withdraw and turn into starfish and the other half keep taking the the drugs and look after them and i just i just don't think they're ready much, to do that and that's why i think picard made exactly the right decision how much how much looking after does a starfish need <laughs> oh loads uh you need to count the number of limbs uh you need to see the, the thing about the thing about starfish is that a star's natural a star's natural environment is the sky so I don't know if you've ever actually looked at a starfish, but starfish are, are constantly moving upwards, and if you don't weigh them down every now and again, you walk by a pond. Some, sometimes you see them in sea life. Sometimes if, if like an, a, an employee has taken too long in the, during a toilet break, the starfish will start slowly raising toward themselves, floating up towards the ceiling. And then the employee you you hear a toilet flush, and then no washing of hands. And then they'll run out and they'll be like, oh, 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 no, 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 no. And they'll reach up and they'll get the starfish and they'll start pulling it back down towards the water. I mean, I, I know what you're describing now, is meant to be fairly lighthearted, but I've watched The Suicide Squad and what you're describing is terrifying. Yeah. Now, look, I, I'm very much a live and let live man, right? I think if starfish want to die, we should let them. That's how I feel about pandas. <laughs> Yeah, I would say fuck pandas, but pandas won't, so... Exactly, and pandas are genuinely my favourite animal, but by God, I I don't think nature has ever given man... Like, like, people people talk about, oh, Jurassic Park is the ultimate message about why man shouldn't mess with nature. No, pandas are the ultimate message of why man shouldn't mess with nature, because it's just a fruitless task that will go on forever... And at the end of the day, it will have been completely pointless. No one needs to. No one needs to be killed by a velociraptor. That's what we need to do, right? That's that's how we solve the withdrawal symptoms on this planet. Is Picard <laughs> sends them a couple of pandas and says, "These things technically will breed, right? They can breed. <laughs> what we want you to do, we want you to get them to breed." And with the hopelessness that comes with them trying to do that, eventually they will all become suicidal, which will take them all off of their meds. Boom. <laughs> Problem solved. And this is why Marky Boy should be captain of the Enterprise. I'm, I'm going to throw this out there, that by the time Starfleet uh, like rolls around, by, the, by this point in the future, all the pandas are dead. Because if they weren't dead, Mark, that would be the Kobayashi Maru test. <laughs> <laughs> No, I think I think I think there's a there's a Constitution class starship out there uh, that's entirely staffed by one guy and a bunch of pandas, and and there's a panda Jordy who's got a little panda visor on. <laughs> there's a panda Troy who's just a bit useless, 
like more useless than the rest of the crew of pandas. <laughs> there's a there's an android panda. There's yeah. a, the weirdest thing is the panda who keeps going on about the rape gangs because you wouldn't think that'd be a thing in panda society. Strangely, it is. In fact, it's actually weirder that more of them don't go on about it because it's so prevalent in panda society. They only rape you in the mouth though, so you can't reproduce from it. <laughs> Woof. Disgusting. <laughs> um, we kind of wandered off the point here. Uh, <laughs> Have we? Are pandas like? Is there like? That would have been a great move. I'm just. I don't, all I'm going to say is the Star Trek movie where is it for the voyage home? Yeah. Where they get the yeah, whales. Where, that they get the whales would have been better if it was pandas. It would have been easier to collect them than they have to like Starfleet have to go. But now we need to keep these alive until that thing comes back again in ten thousand years, <laughs> and think, they're useless. Can we just freeze these two? Thinking uh, as a, <laughs> thinking as a storyteller, Eddie. So the the reason that they have to go back and get the whales is because a mysterious spaceship arrives that is yeah. seemingly impervious, putting out a signal that someone recognises as being the mating calls of humpback whales. Which is a yeah. very forward-thinking bit of sci-fi. Why should we be the only animals that people want to come to Earth to get? Right? Great. So they go back in time, they get the whales, they come back, and the whales say, can you please stop? Now, had that been a panda equivalent, the panda ship wouldn't have tried to destroy us. It would have just come, it would have just been huge. It would have just come and just sat in our orbit, eating space bamboo and doing nothing. <laughs> and eventually, we would be so intrigued by this that we'd be like well we have to figure out what the fuck is happening we realise it only speaks panda language and then the problem is we have to get the pandas to speak to the thing and they don't want to do that they don't want to speak to each other and we can't even we can't even sexy up the spaceship to make the panda go I'll have that because we know that the panda's not bothered about it how come stuff like that doesn't happen more in like Star Trek like it's like oh there's a giant there's a giant bear in the sky. Oh, it's gone. Like, it's like, <laughs> like weird stuff that happens but has no real impact would be great. I'd love that in an episode of yeah. Star Trek. It's like, it's like weird. It's like, we found Abraham Lincoln in space in a big chair. What did he say? Told us to fuck off. <laughs> What'd you do? Well, we fucked off. <laughs> we, we found the planet of the apes planet where there was an ape Lincoln. And weirdly enough, he was called Ape Lincoln. <laughs> And, 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 he, and he said it, and he, we, we went, what's, what's your name? And he went, Ape Lincoln. And we went, ha and we pointed. And he was like, I don't understand why that's funny to you. Because, uh, yeah. and then they're like, well, we had an Ape Lincoln. And the Ape Lincoln goes, but that's that's not a pun. So it's, it doesn't it doesn't make any sense. Is uh, my quote? My big question would have to be: Is Ape Lincoln's name short for Abraham? <laughs> Abraham Lincoln. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> yeah, and it turns out it's not a pun. It turns out that that's, that, that's a very common name is Abraham. <laughs> it's the it's, it's one. Of, it's the second most common name on that planet after Muhammad. <laughs> And other than those two, all the names are, are, are normal. Susan. There's a Susan 8. Abraham Lincoln is married to just Beverly Lincoln. <laughs> um, 
I'm just looking. At my, so, at the end of this episode, Picard leaves them to die. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Picard, they've got two ships. Picard's not going to repair them. Uh, that's how the episode ends. So, eventually, they won't be able to get the drugs from that planet. They'll realise that their entire society has been built on a con. And I'm imagining that at that point, the whatever they're called, the non brachians Mark, entire society will then be built into making a big fuck-off laser to blow the other fucking planet out of existence. And that's when Picard will be back. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Picard loves a genocide. Um, <laughs> loves it. He's done four of them. Um, I love the end of this episode as well. I want to say that. The very end. Like Picard's like, fuck it, I'm done with this shit. Let's leave. And apparently they don't have any like, standing orders as to where to go. Because he's like, fuck it, get us out of it. And Geordi's yeah. like, where to? And he's like, fucking anywhere. And Geordi's like, oh, I'm setting so-and-so for this system. And Riker's like, oh, that's an interesting choice. Why that? And Riker's, uh, Geordi's like, we've never been there. And Picard's like, that's a good enough reason. And then they go. Yeah. And I which like is, that. I'll, which which, is, which is, is great on one hand. But on the other hand, <laughs> how, Picard, how do you know that you're not going to find exactly the same problem there? <laughs> Ex- also, except it'll be exactly the same problem except the two people are apes <laughs> and it's just the ape Breckians have got the other apes addicted to the ape lentils yeah, imagine weirdly, if this was just the what, only problem that Picard ever had to solve and weirdly one of those apes is going to be played by the same ape that played the son of Ape Kirk <laughs> 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 um but also, it's a, I can't believe that like this, the, this is the flagship of the Federation. And they've, after they've finished up in this system where they were supposed to be monitoring a star, they've they've got nothing. There's nothing left. That doesn't happen like, in any Navy on Earth. There's Why? never a point where like the, flag, like, the flagship of the US Navy is just like, have we, uh, have we, we well, we've got nothing on. Uh... <laughs> also, have they finished looking at the star? Like, I presume they, they were there for a reason. Not over it. Yeah. They... Also, the little dot, the, the view screen had a little targeting thing that came up over the ship. Those are the two view screen things that happened in this episode that never happen again, because uh, this one writer really loves the view screen. And afterwards, other writers were like, "Could we focus more on like the warp drive, the hollow yeah. deck, transport the phasers, <laughs> literally any of the other, even the slidey doors are more." <laughs> and and why is it significant that they went to see this star? Aren't they seeing lots of stars on this? Star Trek. <laughs> this could have been handled by a probe, I feel. Yeah. They could have like left a thing in space. And also, they're standing there just talking about how fucking gorgeous it is. Geordie's right there, man. <laughs> He's looking, he yeah. sees the star's stunt double, which is a moon. to be fair a very special episode of Star Trek yeah it was yeah if you want to learn not why not to take drugs if, if you are being sold drugs by a drug dealer and the only thing that drug dealer can tell you about those drugs is that they will make you get rid of the withdrawal for not being on the drugs don't do those drugs no nah. buy, buy better drugs that have an actual effect like yeah. LSD or MDMA or far superior to caffeine I managed to get Glastonbury tickets for this year so nice. Class A drugs that don't require an injection. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and you know yeah. what? You'll probably be fine. Uh, R.I.P. Taylor Hawkins. Uh, 
<laughs> yeah. But it's probably be fine. Yeah. Probably. Aye. Right, well, <laughs> better get back to work, eh? Yeah, I've got to go help Ensign Jensen replace the uh, warp coil thingies that we fucking spaffed off on a ship that doesn't fucking work. Uh, <laughs> I've got to go and help him uh, roll some pre-rolls for Beverly Crusher. Thanks <laughs> <laughs> right, listening. Right. Bye. Bye. The Captain's Slog is performed by Mark O'Neill and Eddie Edwards. You can follow both of them on Twitter and Instagram. Mark's at RealMarkO'Neill and Eddie is at Ed Edwards Comedy. If you like the podcast, you can follow us on Instagram, Twitter and now on YouTube at Captain Slog. And we have a Facebook page as well. Or if you really like what we do here, you can support us on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Captain Slog. <laughs>